Hey everyone, welcome back to the Velvet Podcast. My name is Connie. I'm a master's graduate. I'm studying clinical psychology, and I'm also the founder, CEO, and president of Velvet. Velvet is a relationship-oriented dating app that is going to begin a relational revolution for how we deal with our relationships, how we take care of them, how we prioritize them, and it's going to impact our physical health, our mental health, and our our longevity, ultimately. So today I just wanted to muse a little bit about Velvet's ethos and kind of approach to all of you, Um, our approach to people, and how we have a real ethos at the corporation and as we build this technology to put people first. So things are kind of moving like at the speed of light right now, especially in tech, there is so much going on. Things are moving very fast. The world is moving very fast. And if you step into the technological sector, I think you would be blown away by how much progress is being made and how fast people are moving. And so we are in the tech space, of course, we we are developing technology that's going to revolutionize. But the impact that we do want to have is actually on human life. And so I think this is a really interesting kind of chasm that we operate in because we are developing technology, but we want to do it in the most human way possible and also in a way that prioritizes human needs and that actually meets human needs and feeds human relationships and enhances humanity itself. It's funny, I was writing an email to my investors, um, just our monthly email that kind of goes out to our investors and our, our angels and our VIPs. And I was using tech jargon. It's something I don't like to do. I I don't like to use the word user. And this is something where, you know, I often have to say, you know, the user can access this feature through so-and-so-and-so. And I just, there's something that feels very cold about it to me. So I'm very big on words and on communication. Um, you know, having degrees in communication and in psychology and, uh, you know, having, a dedication to enhancing relationships. I mean, the most important thing in your relational life is communication. You have to keep the comms open, keep the communication channels open in every relationship, friendship, business relationship in your life. Communication is important. I believe that picking your words is important and there's a lot of intentionality behind that. So whenever I'm composing these emails or I'm describing our product or I'm pitching, you know, I use the word users and I actually don't like it. I think this podcast is going to be kind of a resolution for myself and to add to, you know, our corporate ethos and stuff that I think we're going to start using the word person. I feel much better about that. I don't know what you guys think. You can DM me on Instagram at Velvet App. That's at V-L-V-T-A-P-P. Voice note me your thoughts. Do you think I'm making too much of a big deal about this? I'm a very intentional person and I like to sort of think about everything that I do and its implications and the details. And I really analyze that sort of, it comes with the, you know, it sort of comes with the territory, comes with the job, I guess you could say. But yeah, I, I enjoy being more intentional. And I think it's my job as the founder and as the president and as the CEO of the corporation to guide, you know, the whole ship and to steer it in a direction where we are innovating technologically. We have to be. We want to scale and we want to grow and meet your needs in the fastest way possible. But I think 
we can't lose sight of this centrality of human need that needs to be the most important thing that we always come back to. So Velvet in this way is human-centric. We want to be a human-centric company. We are people-oriented. We're putting people first in our design process. One of the things that you do as you build a piece of tech, but also as you just solve a solution for, for customers and for people out there, they say the best businesses solve problems that exist in the world. So step one is always to identify that problem. What's a problem that you're observing in society right now or within culture, within, you know, in our case, within uh, relational communication and, and amongst people having relationships, you kind of identify a problem. And then what you do is you have to think of, they call it personas in, you know, business lingo or like tech business lingo. You're sort of thinking of the characters or like it's basically like when you're writing a script or a screenplay, you're writing a character, but it's a character who would be well served by the piece of tech that you're creating. So part of the persona process for me was being very intentional and thinking about how to solve this problem for people. And the only way you can really do that is actually to get very psychological and dive right into what are these person's needs? What are their wants? What are their desires? What motivates them? What drives them? Who are they? And then why does your product solve that problem for them? So very early on in the process, I think just also by virtue of being, you know, someone who's in psychology and who's very people centric, that was like my first step. My very first step was I noticed a problem amongst not just one or two, but amongst pretty much every single friend or person that I had. And it was a problem that I had experienced myself when I was, you know, outdating and even a problem that I experienced in a relationship where there's just no relational support. But more than that, more than the fact that there's no relational support out there, that it's very hard to access relational support. You know, you're on wait lists for six months to a year just to see a mental health professional. And that those wait lists are incredibly full. And the ironic part is when you reach out for mental health help or relationship health help, when you reach out to a couples therapist because your relationship is in crisis, people don't reach out like six months before their relationship gets into crisis. People actually reach out when their relationship is in crisis, a.k.a. when they need the help like that day, they get to a point in their relationship where they are in such crisis that they're reaching out for help. And then they're being told you need to wait six months to a year because we don't have space for you. The likelihood that the relationship is going to continue to spiral and to suffer is very high because it's already in a place where you're getting to this sort of not last resort, but you're reaching out for this resource that maybe, you know, one partner's uncomfortable with, or people still have a stigma around couples therapy. They still wonder if it works. So being in that crisis point and reaching out for help and then not having it, that could be really, really discouraging and debilitating to a relationship and to your own mental health and to your own feelings. We define ourselves so much relationally that having a relationship end is, it's been described as like grieving the death of a loved one, you go through the same exact emotion. So relationships are really integral in our lives. And I noticed that we didn't have the access. We had all these wait lists. 
And when I started to think about it on a deeper level, I started to actually think about how myself and my friends and people in my life who were out and dating and trying to negotiate for themselves, they were having a really hard time negotiating amongst you know, lovers or dates or potential candidates or significant others, this sort of emotional interpersonal communication, there was a lot that was getting muddled in this process. And I'll give you an example. And this is a true story, which you will laugh at for sure. Um, It's very funny. And it happened to me, actually, when I was much, much younger. I was about 18, maybe 17, and I had been uh, seeing someone for about two years. And we were quite on and off. But when we were on, we were on and, you know, we were dating and I thought that we were in a monogamous relationship. And about about halfway through the second year, this young man went off to Florida, I believe it was. I think he went to Miami with his friends or something like that, maybe with his family. And when he came back, we were chatting and I don't know why probably because I've always been inquisitive and I've always asked more questions than I should. (laughs) It's served me well, but it's also allowed me to know way too much. Um, I don't know why, but I felt like asking him like, hey, when you were in Miami, because you were there for three weeks or four weeks, were you, you know, with anyone else? Did you, did you date any other girls? And his answer to me was completely, he was totally stone-faced and he was like, well, yeah, of course. And I was like, wait, we're in a relationship. We're dating. Like, this is a monogamous relationship. And he goes, yeah, but, well, when you're traveling, it doesn't count. So, yeah, I mean, cue the laughter. As you can imagine, the relationship ended right there. But it's actually a brilliant lesson in in definition of terms. And definition of terms really has to do with emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence and relational respect. So... In other words, I could sit you down and I could sit your best friend down and I could ask you both to define what does commitment mean? And you guys are going to both come up with your respective answers to commitment. So that's when things start to get a little messy. My idea of commitment and this young man's idea of commitment who, you know, went to Florida and had a great time uh, outside of our relationship, our definitions of commitment did not align Because no one had ever taught us, sat us down and taught us, okay, this is what commitment means. Alternatively, this is what monogamy means. This is what an open relationship is. This is what a polyamorous relationship is. This is what just a sexual relationship is. And all of these things exist in our interpersonal worlds, but we actually don't sit down and define them for ourselves. We kind of just fumble along the way having these interactions with people and not really understanding what's going on, not really having, you know, open communication and a a shared understanding of what's happening in our dynamic and, you know, within ourselves and interrelationally. So to me, this was a process. It was very clear. To me, this was a process of enhancing the emotional intelligence in the population. So the definition of emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, to control, and to express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. So in other words, you want to know what you're feeling when you're feeling it. You want to be able to identify what someone else is feeling, but you also want to be able to navigate in the interrelational space 
in a responsible, respectful, and empathetic way where you're being honest and respectful. You are on the same page with your significant other or the people that you're dating in terms of knowing what this relationship is and represents. You've defined your terms, your understanding with one another is very clear. And that takes away a lot of the pain and the mixed messaging that happens in our contemporary relationships. I'll give you another example. Let's say, you know, we've got Becky and Becky is dating for monogamy. She knows what she's dating for. She wants to date someone who is going to commit to her monogamously. And then we've got Jared and Jared is loves having that emotional connection with people. He not only likes the sexual connection of engaging with someone sexually and building that kind of sexual relationship, but he also appreciates the emotional side of things. And he's sweet and he wants to hold hands and he's a kind, you know, giving person who wants to give gifts and go out to dinner with you. So if Jared and Becky meet on a dating app, they're probably going to start down a road together that looks quite similar for the both of them for a while. And then eventually, at some point, some kind of conversation will be had in terms of commitment or in terms of, are we exclusive? You know, what are we doing? You know, those types of conversations that always come up in trying to define the terms of, well, who are we as a couple or who are we as an interpersonal relationship. What is our dynamic here? Let's let's figure it out. Let's both get on the same page about it. And Becky might be really, really shocked to find out that Jared has been having not just a sexual relationship with her, but also an emotional one, going on dates, going to dinner, maybe even meeting his parents, who knows, and that he's been carrying on the same kind of relationship with three other women as well. So circling back to defining terms, what Jared is looking for specifically is a polyamorous relationship. Jared enjoys not just a varied sexual relational palette, so not just having sex with different people. He also enjoys being emotional with different people. And Jared himself might not even know that he's polyamorous because no one teaches us this stuff. No one teaches us how to identify any of this, not in school, not in our teenage years, not in our adult years. We're really left to kind of learn and fumble and figure things out by ourselves. And this is extremely ironic because all of our interpersonal success actually predicts all of the other success that we have in our life that we so prioritize here in the West. You know, success in your business relationships, making lots of money, All of this, you know, health and and longevity as well, all of this is deeply, deeply tied into your ability to have relational success, your ability to know who you are, what you want, to be able to label it and define it and then go out in the world and represent that and be emotionally intelligent in all of your relationships, your romantic ones, your sexual ones, your business ones, your friendship ones. And no one ever gives us these tools. So when I stumbled onto this kind of epiphany, I realized we need to build a piece of tech that will give people these tools at the same time that it will match people together and enhance people's relationships. We also need that tech to enhance their emotional IQ. And in that way, we are going to put people first and meet their needs 
and essentially create a relational revolution. If we can actually influence the relational space in this way, if we can disseminate knowledge so that everyone who goes out to date knows what commitment means or knows exactly what monogamy means, knows what an open relationship means, and they can identify it for themselves and for others, and everyone can be kind of more on an even keel when they're going out there to be relational with others, then we could really revolutionize the way that we deal with one another. And the biggest part for me, the biggest payoff in that, is that we'll be able to avoid a lot of pain and suffering and hurt. In the dating process and in the relational process, there's a lot of agita and agony that goes along with being out there in the world and dating and whether it's getting rejected, whether it's having chemistry with someone and you're not on the same page as them, before going down all those roads and before hurting ourselves and each other, getting on the same page and having this emotional intelligence is going to give the relational world a real leg up. It's going to give people going out into the relational space a way to identify what they want, what they need, what these sort of terms are, how we can use them and be relationally responsible and respectful, ultimately. And I think that's going to take away a lot of agita and sorrow and upset from the relational game. Velvet has so many different components. It has so many different features that are really exciting. But to me, this is the heart of the company. The heart of our ethos and our mission is to revolutionize relational life by removing the ambiguity, removing the hurt, removing the the pain that goes with just being out there and sort of flailing about relationally and and dating and not knowing how things are going, removing removing the upset and the agita and the mixed messages and the misunderstandings and enhancing emotional intelligence to create a sort of unified common understanding for all of us in the relational space. And I can't stress enough, and again, you know, I'll, I'm going to cite that Harvard study that was just published. It was the 85 long-year study that Harvard University published, and they actually figured it out. They actually quantified it. What leads to longevity, the longest and healthiest life that you can live, your physical health and length of life, is relationship success. So here at Velvet, we are putting people first, we're putting your health first, we're putting your relationships first, and we're putting you and your emotional intelligence first because it starts with one person and then two people and then it multiplies and then it multiplies exponentially and suddenly you're all going out there into the relational world with a better idea of who you are, what you're looking for, the terms upon which you want to engage relationally, and you're finding people who share the same values as you. Enhancing emotional intelligence in the population is one of our number one goals through our technology, through our UX UI. It's one that we have accomplished. I'm so proud to say that we have a design that seamlessly enhances emotional intelligence for the person using. See, I said person, not user. I'm already getting the hang of it. I love it. Um, so for the person at the heart of the experience, enhancing your emotional intelligence is crucial. It's crucial to our mission and it's crucial to our global mission, which is to enhance emotional intelligence globally, to disseminate this tech 
at such a scale that it makes a global impact in how we have relationships moving forward in a way that enhances happiness, enhances health, enhances longevity of relationships and of, you know, physical life. And in a way that removes a lot of the agita and upset from your relationships. If you could fight less, wouldn't you want that? If you could disagree less on what you're doing with your lover or your significant other, your partner, that's something that is achievable. And I think that we really get lost in interpersonal communication. We feel like, oh, I'm talking and they don't understand me. And it's like, I'm speaking English and they don't even understand me. Like, I can't tell you how many times people have told me that. And what's really going on is you're speaking different interrelational languages because no one has ever, in a unified way, informed people about what emotional intelligence is and how to acquire it, what commitment is, what an open relationship is, what just a sexual relationship is. It's like I always tell my investors and my angel investors and potential investors, we learn geography and math and history in school and we learn science and we learn what happens when two chemicals combine, but we, we don't learn anything in school or even as adults about how interpersonal relating can happen, should happen, what the standards are for it how to get on the same page with someone. To me, it just, it feels like irresponsibility because this is one of the things that people, human beings need to thrive is their relationships. In fact, it might be one of the most basic human needs ever. And, you know, I've gone on about this in previous podcasts, but human beings need food, water, and relationships. If a human being is deprived of social connection, but simply given food and water, that person disintegrates before your eyes physically, mentally, emotionally. And there are so many case studies of this, you know, really, really dark kind of tales. And in terms of people being locked in isolation for a really long time, and we could maybe get into a couple of those in, in future podcasts, although they're kind of heavy and very difficult to think about. But you see the deterioration of a human being when they are in isolation. You see the deterioration of their mental health and of their physical health. And so I think it's high time we prioritize our relationships and it's high time we begin to educate the public and people and all of you and ourselves about what emotional intelligence is and how to implement it, what relational terms are, how to get on the same page with a lover or significant other, and how to build a happy relationship where you are unified rather than split through misunderstanding. So there you have it. I've rambled on for long enough about emotional intelligence. As you can tell, I am really passionate about this endeavor. Um, I better be because we're spearheading an entire corporation around it. And everyone on the team is really passionate about this endeavor as well. Like this is really kind of our life's work and our life's mission is to better your relationships and allow you to live happier, healthier, longer lives simply by having that emotional intelligence that that no one, you know, ever taught us when we were growing up. And it's going to better your business lives too, your friendships, your familial relationships. There are going to be so many positive consequences to joining Velvet, getting on our app, www.velvetapp.com. That's V-L-V-T-A-P-P.com. We can't wait to see you on there. We can't wait to help you on there. And we put you first. That's really the moral of the story 
you will always come first to us, your needs, your desires, your motivations, and how we can best serve you in your emotional and relational lives. That is our priority. We put you first. And you're a person to us. You're not a user. You're a real person with a real life. You matter. You take up space. And you deserve to have the best emotional and relational experience that you possibly can. So don't miss out on that chance for yourself. Come join us www.vlvtapp.com. Let us help you. Let us give you what you need. And we look forward to supporting you throughout your life.